Hey folks, and welcome to episode 16 of the Wisconsin Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Schuster. My guest today is Dave Blodgett, who is the unofficial Wisconsin resident cycling training expert. This is part two of a two-part episode, so if you haven't already heard episode 15, you can go ahead and check that out on either, I believe, iTunes or our SoundCloud page to get some of the background on physiology and some of the backgrounds on some of the terms uh, that we use in talking about cycling training. Today's episode is going to be more of a how-to guide, so it's going to talk about some intervals that you can do to improve on specific skills, and then kind of offer some training outlines or general outlines of plans you can follow, um, depending on the level of cycling that you are at. So got a lot of good material, so without any uh, further ado, we'll go back to our first ever live edition of the Wisconsin Podcast, talking with Dave Blodgett about cycling training. Well, speaking of getting after it, uh, you know, we're going to hear a lot of talk about intervals. Everyone okay. loves when August rolls around. Okay. We love talking about intervals. Intervals. Um, so just to start off, I, you know, I think that name maybe for a noob, especially if yep. you're a cat five, you're like, well, what's an interval? I don't know what an interval is. Am I training right? So, you know, what are intervals and why do we use them? Oh, man. Um, I, I get myself in trouble. I, I would get myself in trouble being too specific here. At the end of the day, interval training is an opportunity to focus your training on one very specific aspect of your physiology, and and it allows you to go to a level you would not be able to go to if you were not focusing like that, right? And and they they can be extremely productive. Mm-hmm. It's just it's an opportunity. To, to really just tweak that one particular part of the system. And so, so training is based on overload and recovery, overload and recovery, overload and recovery. And it's not just overload in general. It's overload of particular little pieces of your physiology. And, and if you can overload a particular piece of your physiology, so that's what intervals do, is they, they focus in on a very particular energy system or a very particular type of strength, and they tweak it in a, in a way that you would never be able to tweak that much mm-hmm. if you didn't really focus in on it. I mean, in general, that's why we do intervals. So in a way, they're kind of like doing reps, lifting weights. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So it's really not that intimidating, though. It's no. in generally speaking. So what does an interval look like? You know, when, when we're talking about intervals, what yeah. would be an interval set that you may go out and do tomorrow? Yeah, I would say conceptually not intimidating. Okay. Physically, they can be very intimidating. Okay. All right. Wait, I was like, oh, I thought I made a mistake here. These and I was using some improper no, like, terminology. These are the workouts <laughs> that are the most intimidating to me. Um, because you are going to your limits, right? The whole point is you're pushing yourself to your limits. Yes. Uh, and it's p- particular limits. But different limits. And We're yeah, going to talk about And they those. can be particular limits that are really hard and really painful and really difficult mentally and physically. So, so yeah. 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 But they're not your absolute limits because that'd be kind of bonkers for you to go at your 10 second max for eight hours. Like that would be, yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's get into that. I actually wanted to talk about, you know, some intervals and I think this starts to get, we're going to get into kind of the more nuts and bolts. So we've laid a good baseline, but you're probably asking, well, what do I do? I think that's, we've established that you should be riding your bike a lot. Um, number one that is absolute number one ride your bike get get on your bike yeah enjoy um and that's the but that's the advice i give to people when they start training just i'm like just go ride your bike um and we'll uh number two is make sure you rest at least one time one one day a week um, but make sure that you get sleep that you don't party too much get your rest and two that you don't overload on intense workouts yes all right so that's kind of the baseline that we've established thus far yep and you're gonna you're gonna do well with just that yeah Without any any of this specific, no power meter, no intervals. If you do just those things, you're going to do pretty good. Okay. But now we're going to get, get to where we tie everything in. And yep. I think this especially gets to a lot of the intervals that I've used as the basis of my yep. training personally. Yep. And I'm a cat two, so I guess they work to some extent. I got I made it through cat three uh, using Schuster these intervals. Zach my Schuster, goodness. I know. That's... Well, if, if I don't throw up my back this year. Nice. Yes, <laughs> don't do that. Um, so we'll just go through some different things. Yep. So endurance, zone two. Yeah. Uh, what you know? What are you looking to build that? I'm glad what you should asked you do? this because my favorite intervals fartlek, fartlek, do tell. So this is a thing that comes from running, and um, 
for like inter- they're not even intervals. Okay, it's a style. It's a style <laughs> of riding your bike, um, and never stop spinning. Okay, and that is that is going to raise your uh, aerobic ability um, better than anything I can think of. Really, because essentially what you're doing is is keeping yourself at an endurance pace, and whenever the terrain uh, encourages you to mm-hmm. pushing the pace, right? And then never letting your, and, and you know, bringing yourself, um, and I'm making a, a, a kind of parab- parabolic He's making decay. a downward, yeah, he's yeah. doing a parabolic decay with uh, his hand here. So you, you're bringing yourself down to a steady state for wherever it's flat or you don't want to ride hard. And then whenever the terrain encourages it, you go hard again. and but But not so hard that you can't, keep yourself going mm-hmm. right? and do that for three four five hours if you can right three hours to start and and you work your way up so so a lot of my long rides that's what i do i don't don't slow down and this one i feel bad this is why i don't go on some group rides because i don't want to coast mm-hmm. right? i want to and so this isn't an interval but it's a way of riding your bike that's going to encourage a lot of endurance adaptation uh and so i guess i've kind of wondered about that does the impulse of doing those short efforts does that you know, you kind of talked about making your body uncomfortable or you always, you described it as forcing adaptations. Yeah. Like if I just spin, yeah. you know, whatever, yeah. uh, zone two, right. like I'm not really, I'm doing endurance, but I'm not creating any stress in my body that's going to, so is that kind of the philosophy behind that? I mean, I feel like this is just my personal thing. I feel like if I only, if I go out and ride 210 watts for four hours, mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah. Right. But it's only hard because I'm running out of sugar. Yeah. Right? It's not hard because I'm pushing my body's ability to burn oxygen or uh, you know, changing the way that my body um, metabolizes the byproducts of, of burning sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a slow, steady burn, which is valuable, um, but not as valuable as doing a slow, steady burn and adding some, some little threshold kind of efforts in to a longer the longer context right you're getting a much more rounded kind of workout if you're adding those little tweaks along the way mm-hmm. so. uh yeah so i guess if you're in madison you could for example go west into the driftless go, area my it, favorite it is yeah perfect my for doing favorite that. century ride you can look it up on strava if you want um a lot of people have done it involves two trips up blue mountains um multiple uh Climbs Legs Wetler mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, Blue Mounts Trail, etc. Yeah. Um, and comes home on the, like, death rollers from hell, <laughs> south, south of uh, south of the Military Ridge. And for those of you in the Madison area, you know what I'm talking about. It's horrible. But at the end of the day, if you can do that ride fast, you, you're, you're fit. And it's, it's 107 miles of, of rollers that force you to go hard. And if you keep your pace up, it, it's, it's an incredible workout. Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the challenges probably for folks who are getting to training now is they might be a little bit more time strapped. And obviously yep. this is, you know, I look, these are especially huge for riders in March and April, yep. unless we have the crappy well weather that it seems like we've had most of this year, except for that one week in February. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if I'm doing an endurance, like on a, let's say I have an hour and a half, two hours to ride yep. after work, yep. can I do a good endurance workout yeah. on that day? And what should I do? So, so let's, let's take the next step on a, and if you, if you want a good um, endurance style adaptation in an hour and a half, two hours. I really think you should be riding sweet spot. Okay. Um, I I don't. I you know I I enjoy my two hour tempo rides, my mm-hmm. hour and a half tempo rides, and that's and that's probably valuable. Um, that's probably nearly as good. So, but if you're riding tempo, you probably shouldn't be. You sh- you should probably be riding sweet spot. So what is sweet spot? Tell me more. Um, so sweet spot training is, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about sweet spot, not in terms of it being a zone, but it being a style of training, just like I, fartlek is a style of training. Okay, yeah. I like, like sweet the spot. fartlek. Yeah. No, I just think it's a great name too. Sweet spot, sweet is, spot. Is, sweet spot is a zone of being. Yeah. No, okay, sweet spot philosophical is a, here. Sweet spot is more of a style of training in the, in the sense of, um, there, there are two, there are two schools of thought. One that's polarized training. The other that's sweet spot training. Yeah. Polarized training. People say, go ride easy endurance and go do intervals. And the uh, sweet spot people say, let's just ride barely below threshold 
all the time. Which is really hard, though. It's, it's really, really hard. hard. It's really hard. <laughs> but it's the sweet spot in terms of adaptation mm-hmm. because you're getting really good. Uh, you're getting really good endurance adaptation, and you're getting adaptations that are associated with threshold and over threshold. So you're you're using energy systems in both mm-hmm. your, your endurance zones and your kind of VO two zones, and that's where that's where it, 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 it leads to really good adaptations at the high end and at the low end, which is great, right? And just like just like intervals that are even harder, like VO two intervals, lead to some endurance adaptation. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're using your endurance system when you're doing those really hard efforts, and you're probably getting good adaptation at your threshold when you're doing VO two workouts. Uh, and but you're also getting some some adaptation a little above VO two, right? Your this is all a continuum. So so anyways, sweet spot tempo sweet spot on, on a shorter ride is a really valuable thing. If you're fresh and it's cold out and you don't want to go sweat hard, but you want to stay warm in the winter time or in the early spring or even in the fall, yeah, go ride go ride a hard tempo, right? That's sweet spot mm-hmm. um, for. 45 minutes to 90 minutes in the ride total that's a great you're going to get incredible returns from those kinds of workouts and they're really hard yeah that's it's painful so we're talking like i think isn't it usually like 88 to 92 percent of your functional uh, the way i think about it the way i think about it is you're riding as hard as you can to maintain about 90 minutes total of effort and we're talking the last 15 minutes are going to be the worst 15 minutes of your life as far as you're concerned um which means you're not going really over threshold. You might go over threshold every once in a while, but you need to make sure you don't go up that high so much that you can't maintain a hard tempo. Yeah. So. This also reminds me, we've gotten this far and we haven't talked about power tests yet. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Yeah. We'll just go ahead and skip that for now. Um, well, what is a power test? What is just, a power if test? People have heard about well, no, power tests and how a good, it relates to your functional so, No, threshold. this is a good point in, in the, 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 the fart-like endurance to sweet spot to, to threshold. What is threshold? Where do you Yeah, I think it's important it to know is. that because I was told you shouldn't be doing any training if it's not based on threshold. And yeah. I, and, well, yeah, no. If you're going to use power, you need to have some baseline for yeah. how, to make, how to create these zones, how to right. set the zones. Uh, and so there's... There are a few schools of thought to how to do your testing. Um, I haven't done a formal test for a long time. Ooh. Um, but I know what my threshold is based on my average 5x5, five five, mm-hmm. right? I know what my threshold is based on my my 2x20. I know, you know, I know if I can go do a 2x45 sweet spot workout, um, I know what my threshold is basically, right? If I pushed it right and I did it right and I know what my heart rate is. So, so anyways, but before you know that, the the best, the gold standard from my perspective is to get fresh, treat it like a race, um, cover your power meter if you have one, and or hopefully you have one if you're doing a power test, um, and, and throw down the hardest 20-minute effort you possibly can in good conditions, with fans if you're inside, et cetera, et cetera. On a good road, no stop signs. Like get get it right, mm-hmm. and and really throw down and commit, um, and and be motivated to hit a high the highest number you possibly can, and then multiply it by whatever it is. Isn't it point nine five? Point nine five. Yeah. Um, see, Dave doesn't do- even Dave doesn't even bother with the numbers anymore because no, he just. See, just, this is why this is why Dave is just. This is why he's the Wisconsin. Training consultant so is much, he just knows. Dave just knows. If I say 0. <laughs> 0.95, somebody's going to come in with a comment like, "Oh, here's an article debunking the 95 percent rule." Because it's because there's so much. There's it's just because it's not true. It's a model. It's not right. It's you know. And like, like I said, don't listen to me. Look these things up. Understand it for yourself. Use this as some concepts to guide you. But but yeah. So generally, you you take and and you assume that your threshold is 95 percent of your 20 minute maximal effort. Um, and and read into it however you want, but that's a reasonable baseline to set your threshold. So yeah, and be ready. Uh, uh, they're hard. That last five and minutes of a you know twenty what? minute power test. When I was a cat, so here's here's when I was a cat four, I did hours of power to determine my threshold. Mm-hmm. And there is no better way to be a good time trialer than to go out and do a one hour power test. That's kind of bonkers. It's it was it's insane. And it's but it's awesome because it, it teaches you that discipline to to really throw down for that kind of time. Like if you're going to do a 40k TT, you've got to have that discipline. And there's no better way to learn it than than to 
do it with that kind of motivation, right? Yeah. So, so I, and I don't, I don't, I don't recommend it to anybody. But if you're motivated, go see what you can do for an hour, right? Find a good circuit, find a good out and back, whatever it is, and and really feel it and get into it. And it's it's worth it's worth it. Yeah, that's actually what uh, Dave's teammates call him, Hours of Power. Nice. So that's actually his his nickname. Uh, and on the uh, the Great Dane Velo Cup promotional materials, they've got the giant that. clock, like Flava Flav. Nice. Dave nice. Blodgett, Hours of Hours Power. Of power. Oh, <laughs> it's been a while since I've done a proper hour. I should I, I think about that. Yeah. Well, usually in what I've read is they recommend doing the 20-minute, multiplying yeah. it by 0.95, yeah. because an hour at threshold is bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, no, the other way to do it is if you want to go out and do, so this is getting into the next set of intervals, if you want to go out and do a 2 by 20 workout, right? Yeah, tell me about 2 by 20s and why I should be doing 2 by 20s if I am a cyclocross racer. If you're a cyclocross racer and you want, one, to understand how it should feel to race cyclocross, Ooh. right? And understand that, how being that deep, 20-minute mm-hmm. um, intervals are really good because they're at or just above threshold. And they're like they're kind of like what the beginning half hour of the race ought to be if you're really pushing. So so that's part of it. Is it the mental side of doing 100 to 105 percent of your threshold? That's a 20 minute effort. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's great about two by twenties. Um, they they're, they're also if you if you're looking for threshold adaptation and threshold adaptation alone, um, the two by twenty is probably the best workout out there. Um, personally, I do less two by twenties than I used to. Uh, and this is partially just the, the direction my coach has been doing. We do more of a VO2 max because it, it tends to be better for race, mm-hmm. especially road racing. Um, but but I, when you're building threshold and you're building up to the point where you you want to hang in the, in the threes and the, and the twos, doing two by 20, so 20 minutes on, 10 minutes off, 20 minutes on, first one at 105% or so, 100%, 105%, whatever you can hold, the second one as an, a, a time trial, right? You are going absolutely as hard as you can pacing it, but but not worrying about the numbers really. It's like coming just, close to kind of your power test, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So so in that case, you're not going to take ninety five percent. You're going to do something ninety seven and a half or whatever. It is. You're going to you're going to kind of use it as an indication of what what could I have done for an hour, right? You could you can think about that and know basically after you've done forty minutes of threshold plus next workout once you go from sweet spot then you go to these like 20 minute kind of efforts two by 20 is the classic workout um some people do them a little easier some people do them a little harder i tend to do my intervals as hard as i can (laughs) (laughs) i mean you you do them once or twice and you know how hard you can go and if you could have gone harder go harder right and that's that's how you should treat intervals so yeah so one i guess one that i was doing uh during my good season one good season. When I was you a got more. Three. You got more good seasons ahead. Yeah, I know, I now. know. But I had this one really good month that I remember. Anyway, what I would do is I would do a twenty-second sprint, and then I would go hard for the next four minutes and forty seconds, slightly above <laughs> what I wanted to do to kind of simulate a cross race. And yeah. I found those were actually yeah because especially as you get to cat one and two. I remember tr- talking to Travis Braun, yeah. and he was like, "Yeah, we go out as hard as we can to try to break everyone." So that's kind of the in a lot of ways the way a cross race works, especially at the elite level. Yeah. Is guys who know how fit they are go as hard as they can for yeah. the first lap. Uh, and so I, I did that to kind of prepare myself. I go as hard as I can for the whole race. Well, but especially <laughs> hard. <laughs> no, I'm actually yeah. I'm, I'm serious. Cross racing, so so in cross racing, generally at the top, you go as hard as you can the whole race, uh-huh. which means it's a sprint to a, a, a super threshold effort to a threshold effort to whatever the hell you can hold on to. <laughs> right? Whatever's left in the tank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the best guys, they, they go sprint and then it's this decay to, to crazy threshold. Yeah. Right. And they're still going hard after an hour. And mm-hmm. they ramp it back up at the end because yep. then because then they go totally anaerobic and they still have that. Mm-hmm. Where other people they go as hard as they can to stay at the front as be, as best they can, and then they decay and decay and decay and start to fall back in the group. Or they right. or and that's why these races spread out so much, right? You've got differences in threshold and minor differences in threshold can cause 10, 15, 20 seconds a lap, and then after six laps, you've got minutes, right? That's and it. Just that's how it is, and and that's why that's why threshold is so important. It's also being able to be there at the front at the beginning is important. You've got to have that top end power. Yeah. Uh, so here's a question uh, that I almost forgot. 
So two by twenties, I've never done, never done threshold interval before. Let's just say uh, that sounds very daunting to me. So how, if I want to be like, let's say that right now, uh, I've never really done this, but I want to be at the point where this is a goal where I want to be in August. I want to be able to do a set of two by twenties. Like yeah. how should I start approaching and maybe, you know, what role would sweet spot play in that? Let's say starting right now, how would you start to ramp up, you know, being here at the end of May, mid of May, you know, where do I want to be? How can I ramp that up? What should I start with? Um, where to start with? So, you know, would you start with like, should I start with like one by 10? Can I do one 10 minute interval? Should I do yeah. two by 10? You know, what's a good way to start so, to build that capacity? What I, what I like. Um, is understanding, yeah. So, so start it. Start. I, I don't know. I, I would just start. I would just do it. Okay. I would just throw down. I like okay. it. Um, because because just because your threshold is not where you want it to be doesn't mean that you shouldn't be um, focusing on where you are, mm-hmm. right? And if no matter where you are in terms of progression and, and adaptation over the years, um, a 20 minute effort is a 20 minute effort. It doesn't matter what the power is. It's going to be hard or it's going to be impossible. Right. Mm-hmm. And just make it hard. Okay. Right. Do it, make it doable, but make it hard. And, um, that's, that's why you power test without the power meter showing. Mm-hmm. Right. You make it as hard as you can. And then you understand what you should do next time. Right. And then, and, and then you let that guide you. So, and that's where for people that are just starting out, power meters can be incredibly valuable, right? People that have been riding for a long time kind of know how it should feel. Yeah. And, and if you don't know how it should feel, um, having a, some kind of indication from a power test of what you can and can't do, uh, is really, it's helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're just kind of, you're actually more of the dive right in. Like, let's do yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, don't overdo it. <laughs> don't overdo it. No, don't ride too much because then you're going to overuse injuries and stuff. But but yeah, I mean, throw down. Don't don't hold back. Uh, and it can, especially with threshold work, it can be really difficult to hold the the, the, the kind of volume. So don't go out and do a two by forty five sweet spot in your first try. Yeah, go do three thirty minute sweet spot efforts. <laughs> it's really hard. I did these recently. <laughs> they oh, are. They're, they're the hardest thing. Two by forty five. Yeah, they yeah. are quite difficult. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here's another question, you know, because I think, again, threshold we've established is really important. Is there a way to, if I'm looking to build threshold, yeah. you know, is two by, so this is one thing that I've personally struggled with. I like doing two by twenties. I hate myself and I love doing these hard efforts. Yeah. But, you know, is there, would there be a benefit in saying do being four by tens where I'm going a little bit harder? You know, how do I build threshold, you know? So um, if you're going at or under what you think your threshold is. You probably should be, um, should I go and be going more duration? Well, I do. Okay, so I do one at like a hundred percent, and I do the next one as a time trial. So that's kind of my approach to doing. Yeah, time, yeah, right, right, right. Is that the optimal way to build? Because I've also tried doing four by tens, where I do no, one hundred and five, so one ten, so one fifteen. If you're going to do, if you're going to do ten minute intervals, and you're focusing on threshold power, yeah, um, you should probably be doing six of them. Oh wow! Okay. Right? Because you're because you're not over threshold, okay, and your body should be able to support about an hour at that kind of intensity. Mm-hmm. And as you go up in intensity, the duration is probably going to come down a little bit because your body can't support that higher intensity for that kind of duration, and you shouldn't expect it to. But maybe I should be adding more intervals. Maybe okay, yeah, and 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 this is where a good coach is going to come in, you know. And I, I hesitate to get too specific with what I know because. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it's kind of giving away what my coach knows. And, oh. <laughs> and also, I mean, I, yeah. And this is, I mean, I, if you really want to get into specifics about this kind of stuff, coaches are really valuable. Okay. And, and it's it's um, having somebody to help you understand what you should and shouldn't be doing is, is incredibly valuable in this in this space. But you can get books. You can get, listen to podcasts. Plenty of people will tell you what to do. Um, I, I hesitate to tell people what to do. And I, it, much more conceptually, if you are riding over threshold like two by twenties where you're doing 105 and then a time trial or 105% of threshold and then a time trial. Um, you probably aren't going to want to do a third 20 minute effort. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but if you ride those 20 minute efforts a little under threshold, you can probably pull off a third. Okay. Right. Do three by 20 at, at 90%. Mm-hmm. Right. And 
that's going to hurt, but it's probably possible. You yeah. Know? Because you're not going, you, you know, you, you should be able to do 100% for an hour. So why not do 90% three times with some rest in between? Well, it's actually told that Adam Meyerson swears by the three by twenties. Oh, that's a good workout. It hurts. Because, well, and it makes sense. His yeah. argument is it's a 60 minute bike race. Yeah. So I'm going to do 60 minutes of work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if, and if you're, if you're not able to do a hundred percent of your threshold three times with five or 10 minutes in between, it's probably not your threshold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we leave that and we get into even the more intense stuff, yeah. I will say uh, to shout out someone who I know probably will actually listen to this podcast nice. as I was riding with Joel Finkelday. Yeah. And we saw he had a phenomenal year. I mean, he was a cat three at the beginning of the year and he, he won in Sunnyview. And he crushed. He yeah. crushed. And yeah. I was like, what's your secret, man? He's like threshold. Yeah. He's like threshold. Yeah. I just did a shit ton of threshold yeah. work. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when you do talk to cross racers, what do you do? Threshold, sweet oh, spot, yeah. threshold. Yeah. yeah. So can't stress it enough. Talk if you are a cyclocross racer, yeah. Isaac Neff isn't doing sprint workouts. Yeah. <laughs> so although he will tell you that's like he, yeah, maybe he should. He will tell you that's like one of his weaknesses. If if Isaac Neff has any weakness weaknesses. Oh yeah, I sprint him up hills all the time. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's because Isaac weighs like ten pounds. Well, and he doesn't have a sprint. Oh, okay. neither, neither do I, though. So oh. what, what am I saying? Which, it's totally cool. We're talking about a two-time national champion. <laughs> defending two-time national champion. So we feel like it's okay talking yeah, a little yeah. bit of smack about yeah. Isaac because, well, you know, he's, uh, better, he's, better, he's than better than us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, two more. Okay. Uh, VO2max. And I, you've been doing this a lot. Uh, yeah. This might play more into road, but kind of what is VO2max and where's some intervals and why should I do these for cross? I Okay, so so VO2max, yes, I think they're a little, they, they may be a little bit more valuable for events that you get to rest and then you have to go really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but not having a good VO2max in cross is going to kill you, especially for starts. Yeah. The first five minutes of a cross race is a VO2 max effort. Yes, per- it is. Period, right? Yeah. You are going, my, my, my maximal heart rate is 193. If I don't hit 192 <laughs> at the end of the first lap, something's wrong. Yeah. Right? I, I, I expect to be at that limit at the beginning of a cross race. Um, well, something's wrong or I, I, my competition's not very good, which is usually not the case. Uh, <laughs> not so, here in Wisconsin. No. We've seen how those races oh, work. <laughs> when, yeah, when, yeah, when, it, when Amart and others show up, it, yeah. it's real. So, VO2 max, you are going to be doing five, three to five minute intervals. Total volume of your, your on is going to be 25-ish minutes. Um, over that, you're going to know you can't do more than that. You're going to be smoked. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, look around a little bit. There's the, the, the classic workout is the five by five. Five minutes on, five minutes off, five times. Um, you're going to know how hard you should go based on how you feel. Um, but the, you know, the, whatever the advice is, it's CP six or something, whatever, what the best, the, no, that's the three minutes. So basically the best you've seen ever for a 10 minute is, yeah, you, you told it's about eight to 10, right? Is and what it, you should be doing five by five. But you're going to know, yeah. you're going to know, <laughs> you know, I've gone out and tried that and you know, follow exactly the numbers that they prescribe and then just go as hard as you can. Okay. Right. Especially with three, three minute shorter stuff. Um, I've actually really started to enjoy just maximum maximal pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go find a go find a good Strava segment that's three to five minutes long and throw down as many times as well as is prescribed. Yeah, five, five or six times, whatever it is. Um, and the last few might be pathetic, yeah, <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That just means you did a good job. That means you did a good job of tiring yourself out. If you're in Madison, I think a good one I like is Twin Valley. That's pretty close. Twin Valley that one is, one. if you start at the bottom down yep. by that, that office building, There's, it's about five minutes to the top if yep. you do it all out. There's a few of those. Uh, pleasant pleasant View? Pleasant... Anyways, there's oh. a ton of them. Just yeah, look on Strava. That's and, true. And good luck beating Revere. That's I was going to say, maybe add about a minute to whatever Revere oh, Grice does. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> know yeah, there's some good ones. There, there are, and And... They don't have to be uphill. I I, I recommend doing VO two max work on flats if you mm-hmm. can if you can um, because carrying carrying momentum at that kind of a pace can, in my experience, be a benefit. Um, downwind, I really like downwind VO two max work. Um, it's kind of hard to find the right roads for that sometimes, but um, you know, I go and throw down on Cottage Grove roadies to town or something, mm-hmm. um, or 
yeah, and it was KP out by by Cross Plains. There's a few there's a few places that you can get good long runs of flat road. Um, that make I don't know. I, I think that's a little better sometimes. Okay. So, huh? That's interesting. I actually prefer slightly uphill, but that's just kind of my preferences. Sometimes I do too. Uh, the the big the, the issue with I feel the issue with with uphill is you don't you don't have the kind of momentum, so your cadence changes, and you can't hold that steady. You can't lay on the on the power in the way you can when you're going fast, and, that, and it's just it's really nice to be able to really lay into it. Uh, but I'm a roadie, and I also like to practice my aerodynamics at that kind of pace. So, so yeah. that's that's the other yeah so. yeah. We still like you though, even though you do have roadie tendencies, Whatever. we still accept yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a cross racer at heart. Yeah. Well, so um, so when we started back to our uh, you and I driving to bike races yeah. together as members of Team Magnus, you described five by fives as kind of the magic workout. Yeah. And why is that? I think it's because so it 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 gives you real adaptation in your threshold zones, right? Um, assuming you're riding your bike, you're getting endurance. Um, and and then from there, the most productive interval in my mind is the five by five because you are getting, you're getting that that really high quality threshold, um, and you're really tweaking the the VO two max system hard. But the five by five is under that's under your VO two max. Your, your VO two max power is something CP critical critical power six or seven or something in there. Mm-hmm. Right? You'd have to be tested to know, but but it's it's a little under vo2 max and it's kind of the it's kind of the sweet spot of over threshold training right mm-hmm. um so that yeah that's that's why and, and it's also it's important that you only rest for five minutes in between each um if if uh people want to get into it there's this really interesting um model uh called w prime which has to do with how much how much work you do over threshold Mm-hmm. And how quickly your body recovers from doing work over threshold, and W prime for five by fives. Many times you will you'll use up all of your available energy over threshold in that five minute interval, and the the beginning of the second one after five minutes of rest tends to be not quite enough rest. Uh huh. Which means you are you're kind of simulating these these. And this is where it's a little more more relevant to road racing, but I think it I think it applies for cross too. You're kind of simulating the slow decay of available energy stores, um, kind of while you go hard, rest, go hard, rest. But it's like these macro cycles of go super hard, rest, go super hard, rest, and it, it can like it can teach you to, to work through that. And and maybe the the third effort you go way too hard. And then you have to figure out how to recover for the third one or for the for the fourth one, so you can be good for the fifth one. Right. And and it's that mental game that you actually you play that mental game during a race, right? You're like, oh, that I can't stay with that wheel. I went too hard. I got to recover so I can go with the next wheel. Yeah. Right. And the same, you're gonna feel the same thing doing your intervals. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think that I guess personally, I feel like especially you know climbing uh, is one thing that I've found them to help for. Uh, I'm a little. You know, I'm six one and I weigh a little over one seventy. You know, which unfortunately for cyclists, but I feel like I've given gotten this like tolerable level of climbing. And yep. finding out on the Capital Brew rides that Cat ones have much better. But I've done I do a lot of five by That's five. That's so winter. very helpful for climbing around here because most of the climbs are five for, for two to ten minutes depending yeah. on the climb, right? And and yeah, the, the 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 kind of power you're generating in those five minute efforts and the kind of ability to sustain power output with those five minute efforts is so valuable for those two to 10 minute clients. Like that's, that's what those clients yeah. are about. But I was going to say, it seems like in a cross race, if all, yes. I mean, I know yesterday yes. at the wars race, I, uh, my bike handling still isn't there. So I had a lot of moments where I had yep. to like, I had to dip into the well, yep. burn a match, but I felt like I had enough of those that I held on into the last lap because so, I knew, you know, I think that adaptation of hard effort. There's some interesting things you can do, um, with, Long efforts. So this is. So let's talk a little bit more when you're getting closer to cross season. Yeah. Um, you may want to not do steady state, steady output intervals. Um, but I really like intervals that um, there's a steady state component, but there's also an anaerobic component. So this is you know you're gonna go do two or three ten minute 
blocks where you're doing on-offs during a 10-minute block. And this isn't over-unders. This isn't like 10% over-threshold, 10% under-threshold. This is spin endurance pace, keep your legs moving, and then maximal, Mm -hmm. right, for 15 seconds on, 15 seconds off, 10 seconds on, 10 seconds off, whatever you want to do, right? Whatever feels right, whatever you can you can time. Yeah, I think this was actually the last one that was on the list. Yeah, let's give you some really good cross stuff because we do know how cross works. Well, so, so, so conceptually what you're looking for is... A VO2 max or a threshold kind of paced um, effort. So you're um, now I'm doing the motion up, kind of up. The, <laughs> what do you call this? Is it diminishing return? Uh, uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna watch your heart rate rise in the in the ten or twenty minute or whatever period of time that you're doing your on offs. You're gonna watch your heart rate rise quickly and then top out near max, right? Or top out near threshold, whatever it is. Um, and it's gonna and then it's gonna level off. But you're going to keep doing your on-offs with your heart rate maxed out, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to rest, get your heart rate back down, and you're going to do that again two or three, four times, whatever it is. Um, so maybe you do a five-by-five workout where each five-minute effort is 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. Ooh, right? that sounds hard. It sounds real hard, doesn't it? it sounds like a cross race, though. Yeah. Right? It sounds like high stand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not off. It's it's spinning and letting letting your body recover just enough, right? Um, and, and learning to manage your output and manage your, your heart rate and manage your threshold and, and, and understand when enough's enough and when, when you got to back off or how hard you can go in the moment, those intervals can be really helpful for that. And it's the, that's the physiological adaptation that you want as you get closer to cross race, cross season. And you're going to want to go at threshold, but also peak over threshold and then get some rest and peak over threshold and get some rest. Cause that's, that's what we're doing when we're racing cross bikes. Yeah. I remember you actually recommended that to me. It was, you know, maybe a five, four or five minute blocks of, yep. you know, each five minute block, 30 seconds on yep. all out 30 seconds yep. off yep. and it builds your ability. I think it also starts to simulate that ability of we all, we've all been there at the first cross race, you hit the start and 10 seconds in, you're already gasping for, yeah. For air. So it starts to simulate getting, yep. you know, getting things up to that level. Yep. You get your heart rate up there and then you have to keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, like moving on. So this is something I might start say, you know, I think a lot of people do start in August. So here's a mistake that I feel like I made speaking of intervals and stuff. I feel yep. like I'm like, all right, I'm going to start doing intervals in August yep. and that's what I'm going to do. Does it make more sense to maybe start working these in, in July to say, all right, I'm going to start to try to ramp up my system. Or is it really just a refining of say doing those for, you know, those sets of 30 on 30 off? Like yeah. when should I start doing those? That's a little bit up to the individual. Uh, it's more than a little bit up to the individual. It's totally up to the individual. Um, I have a tendency to wait too long. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the beginning of race season. I'm like, man, I am smoked <laughs> after a race. Right? Yeah. I was not ready to do all that anaerobic work because um, I've been getting all my time on the saddle, but I've not been um, I've not been getting that kind of intensity. And that certainly happened this year in, in crit, crit mm-hmm. racing. I went and raced some crits, and I couldn't ride my bike until Thursday. Right? After, <laughs> oh, a, wow. after a race on Sunday. Well, this is if you show up to you know, be in a, be in a breakaway, work your butt off. Try to sprint a few times. Well, of course, if there's a breakaway, yeah, I'm gonna be in it. Hours of power uh, is gonna be in it. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, no, and, and, and you need to you need to remember that you're gonna need three, four, five, six of those kinds of near race simulation workouts before you're gonna know how your body responds, and not just know how your body responds, but know that your body's gonna respond well. Or, or, or know how to plan for how your body's going to respond, mm-hmm. right? And this gets back to the planning thing. You can't plan how to train the, the week after the first race unless you've done some really hard workouts for a few weeks to understand how to plan for it, right? What's the contingency? How, how is this going to go? Um, so, so yeah, so that's where I would, if you are focused on cross, I would start doing your hot laps, you know, get, get to the local cyclocross track, do your hot do do some hot laps in the heat in late June, right? Oh wow, okay. Get get your kit, start dialing that bike in, and show up and do do your five by five workout on on uh, a cyclocross track, and um, then see how you're doing, and decide if you need to do that again. 
<laughs> right? That's because then you're if you go that early, it's not going to hurt you to go that early. Yeah. Right. You don't have to, and then and then you can say, oh, I guess I need to be doing. I need to be doing a bunch of anaerobic work because my body did not respond well to that and I need to be ready for it. I need to be, or that was maybe not the best use of time and I should just be thrown down on the roads that I'm, that I'm used to doing my work on. Right? Yeah. Well, I think one thing, um, you know, along those lines that in another book, actually the, what is it? The cyclist training Bible yeah. Hunter Friel, I think yeah. was the writer. And that's one that Dave recommended to me that, it's good. It's got. I some, recommended that a long it, time ago. Yeah. I'm not sure I would anymore. <laughs> it's got enough in it, but it, yep. you know, it talked. One thing it talked about was um, working on your limiters, which yep. is things you're not good at. But yep. I think a corollary to that is understanding your body and understanding what you're limited at. You yep. know, going on a ride. I learned hard. You know, I've learned that I still need to work on my power. Uh, in on flats yeah not very good at it right and i need to work on it because i keep getting dropped on group rides but i think it's (laughs) but like having that advance warning if it if you're waiting till september 10th right it's too late yeah and so that's what you're saying is the importance of finding these things out ahead of your season to figure out to at least have a fighting chance of improving your limiters or understanding your body is kind of what you're getting at right yeah and um if you don't yeah if you don't understand where where you're at and give yourself an opportunity to adapt, right? This, this is so. This is kind of the, the problems you brought up. The cyclist training bible. So, kind of the, the cycling training The cyclist training bible is one of the. That's kind of the textbook on linear periodization. Ah, yes, that is right? the old and, school. And that's way why of I thinking. say I may, yeah. not, I may not actually. There is some valuable in the concepts behind linear periodization. Don't get me wrong, but the prescription that's in those kinds of texts is overly dogmatic and, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not you're going to do okay but it's not the best anymore um, so so anyways the the um the ability to understand where you are and train for where you want to be requires you to evaluate where you are and say how am i going to get there right and if you're not evaluating where you are um and leaving yourself a few spare cycles to, to adapt your plan to make sure you can get where you're going to be. If things don't go right, they're not going to go right, you know. And but maybe things go perfect. Maybe you maybe you start adding your anaerobic work in late July, early August, and your body responds perfectly, and you don't get sick, and you don't have to go to a wedding, and you hit cross season perfectly on the mark, and you would probably would have been better starting off in June. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, and whoever you are, we hate you. Right. Because no, you've it never hit the, works that way. Because <laughs> you've hit the jackpot. Yeah. So, um, no, I think that's a great uh, piece of advice, you know, to kind of to know where you're at, uh, to kind of take stock of, of where you're at. And it seems like a big part of this is the planning, the, you know, understanding what your power numbers are, what your abilities are, is really tr- pushing those limits, understanding yep. where those limits are, but also giving yourself time to kind of improve yep. long term. All right, so to finish up, uh, you know, I, I love practical advice. I think one of um, one of my complaints, you know, I read articles and stuff, and it's like there's always this mumbo jumbo, and you could read 18 bajillion listicles of things you yes. should be doing. So yes. um, I just want to run through maybe some ideas of you know kind of what people at different levels could do, yeah, okay. training wise, right? Um, you know, to get where they want to be at cyclocross season. So to start off. Uh, probably no one who hasn't done cyclocross before is probably listening to this since, but like, let's say I, I started last year at cat five yeah. and I'm Jones and I love, you know, I love getting dirty. I love the mud. I love yep. the crowds. I want to get better, yep. you know, but I'm still at that cat five cat, you know, level. What's the best approach? What should I be focusing on and kind of what should I do between now and the start of the season? If you have never ridden a mountain bike and have never learned how to edge a bike and turn aggressively mm-hmm. and feel the bike move under you on like slide under you go ride a mountain bike hard fast yeah um try not to crash in any trees <laughs> but but because that yeah yeah biggest mistake i made early on is i never i never focused on um really truly understanding what it means to edge and and corner a bike um, and you can get out of the five, you can get out of the fours if you know how to corner. Mm-hmm. 
because um, you're going to go so much faster than everybody else and save so much energy. And that's bike racing in general. The people that are saving the most energy are winning the most races. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not about strength. It's about it's about technique and saving energy. So that would be my biggest advice for, for early on. If you don't know, if you're not coming from mountain biking, um, then then you should at least go ride a cross bike on some technical trails. And if not that, get a, get a crappy mountain bike and, and go rip it up. Um, it's super fun and it's going to give you huge gains in terms of the amount of energy you can save in a cross race. And I'll have to try to find, maybe I can try to find a video uh, to post with this, this idea of edging and what you mean. But I think it's really... Of me running into a tree? Because that exists. Well, and there was that one of you and biffing it in the sand at Celtic Cross this past year. Not being able to handle a bike. No, but that is one of the first things you taught to me because it's it's being loose. It's being able to have the bike loose under you. It's And especially as you get into mountain biking, you get, I call it T-brawning after Travis Braun, but that feeling of having your rear wheel skid out from underneath you uh, and getting comfortable with that. But yeah, it's Isaac Neff gave this advice last year at one of the practices. He said, you know, the best riders in the world are the ones who maintain the most momentum through yep. corners. Yep. It's not breaking. That's huge. But it's not it's down. knowing how to turn. It's knowing the right radius yep. to take yep. and to not yep. lose momentum. Because like we've been describing, you only have so many hard efforts yep. in your body. Yep. Uh, so it's a lot harder to train. It's a lot harder to train than it is to get fast. In, in the sense of, of not wasting energy. All right, so Cat 5, you're liking cross is one, learn how to learn how, bike handling, improve yep. on that, yep. and ride your bike. Was that? Yeah, and, and, and specifically, just have fun. It's I like hard, that, too. It's hard to have fun. So this is the kind of crappy part about cyclocross. It's hard to have fun off-road on a cyclocross bike. Because mm-hmm. there's no suspension. The tires are little. They're not... They're not good bikes to ride. Nice gravel road, right? They're great for gravel riding. But for technical trail riding, get a mountain bike. All right. <laughs> Which I also support. I yeah, finally no, got a mountain yeah. bike last yeah. year. And I, trust me, I rode a year of single yep. track. Uh, you'll get better get a single, riding single track. Get a single speed mountain bike. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I guess I agree with, uh, with Dave's advice. All right. So now I'm a cat four. So... Yep. Uh, you know, let's say I did, maybe even I podiumed last year, yep. so I'm still feeling it, but like I'm seeing there's that next step yep. to cat three. So yep. maybe I know how to steer my bike a little bit. I've gotten a little less jittery on the brakes. Yep. What should I be thinking about now? Now you got to focus on cyclocross specific technique and skills. And, and um, you need to understand, um, one, how to start, how to get to the front, um, and, and time your race and understand I'm going to go hard for the first two laps. I'm going to settle in a little bit. Um, most likely it's going to be fast to the, to the end, but I'm not going to have to, to kill myself to get to the front. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be able to be at the front and go with the guys that are at the front. Um, it, so that's really, that's really important. Um, obviously ride your bike, be strong. Um, you know, get, get your basic intervals going. Um, so is this about where I should start thinking about throwing in some five by five, two by 20? Yes. Yes. This is where you're going to be, um, getting rested and getting some good quality workouts in, um, you know, ride, ride your bike to work, leave your stuff at work and get a good workout in on the way home. Don't, you know, you don't have to stress out about it, Mm -hmm. but get a few good quality workouts in and don't tell anybody. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and then show up and then beat their pants right go 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 beat up on people because it's really fun whether it's at a cross you know cross practice or a group ride or the practice crit or a, a local mountain bike race right go go have fun racing your bike don't worry about winning but go fun go have fun being fast right and i, I think that's one of the big getting faster is having fun being fast it is fun being fast yeah yeah that and is like i think that's what brings you back because i'm always like i don't get it like <laughs> to a certain extent i a lot of people just like riding their bikes but man it's fun to be fast yeah, yeah it's super fun. it's fun to and then because then you get into like what can i do with this yeah. being fast and you get into like legitimate bike races then you go to a bike race and get beat and it's very humbling, <laughs> it's very humbling. <laughs> So yeah, so that's so I think I think that next step is really settling into a little bit of of targeted training. You know, explore what it even means to have a weekly training plan. Get you know, just get into it. 
um, talk to a coach. Don't hire a coach necessarily yet, unless you really want to excel. And you know, if you if you want to be a two, if you're a four and you want to be a two, mm-hmm. hire a coach. Okay. Get, get, get the hell out of the fours. <laughs> what? Get the get out of fours. And, and that don't, should be a goal. And don't get, feel like you belong in the threes. If you want to be a two, don't belong. Don't just move through. Right. Mm-hmm. Go th- show up and win, um, which isn't always easy, but. But that should be your mentality, right? mm-hmm. um, and and that's so. If you want to excel, know that you can excel, and 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 do the things that you know are going to be required to excel, and then be confident and do it. Yeah. So I think with any kind of level of bike racing, you know, but with cross, you know, you're, you're starts a five, yeah. you know, you move to four. You're like, all right, well, you know, a lot of guys can show up, yeah. do that, yeah. you know, or they might take some work. Either way, you do that. You're like, all right, I remember when I went from a four, everyone was strong. I was just like, I put in efforts and I'm like, I'm in like second to last place. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, so then the biggest jump, I think, personally, I think is from three to two. That That is a huge jump. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're increasing in time. You're yeah. increasing in quality yeah. of racing. Yeah. The, you know, the Travis Braun, let's go out and kill, you know, the noobs in yeah. the first five minutes of the you race. Don't, yeah. You don't, you, you don't hang unless you're fit and skilled yeah so if i'm a you know what what does it take then to me is that when i'm looking at hiring a coach or you know do Um, i just need to be dialed do i need to start making lifestyle changes what does it take to make that jump the biggest thing that helps is being talented okay which is nice i i like to talk like i'm not talented i'm not talented compared to some people you know there are a lot of people that are just incredible and Mm -hmm. They're going to make you feel so humbled. You're going to be like, well, how did you get so fast? Yeah, we just, Max Ackerman, we just had one on the I'm podcast. I'm not going to call out any of these people. All right, well, I was just giving a plug for a- listening Amar, to more of the Wisconsin Cross and podcast. Um, you know, you're just like, oh, yeah, I just rode my bike for a few weeks and now I'm fast. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not fair. Anyways, that, yeah. that, be warned when you get to this, when you get to the top of the threes and the twos and and you get to the front of the two's field, you're going to show up and you're like, what? You only did what to be this fast? Oh, man. This isn't fair. Because it's not fair. Life's not fair. Welcome welcome to the world. Right. Uh, but to be, in my experience, to be at that level, it took truly understanding what it meant to save energy and be fast regardless of strength. Mm-hmm. And... That I mean, that's probably that's probably eighty percent of it in cross, but when you're in the twos, that's not enough, right? Um, I had my first win in the P one two field last year. I was proud as hell, and none of the fast guys showed up, right? Um, and I was still proud as hell because the guys I beat, I'd never beat before. Was this at Saigon? Yeah, you beat the nicest man in cyclocross, and oh, that yeah, is not no. an easy task. But among others, but I remember distinctly at that race. I mean, the, the, you the, beat Kyle usual, Ross, you have a good I race. Beat, right, I was very proud of myself, but the 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 guys that are on the podium, if they want to be on the podium, were not there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. But but I would have no chance against those guys because they're both ultra-talented and at another physiological level than I think I could be at without changing my lifestyle. Yeah. Right? Um. And that and that's fine. That's just the way it is, right? And that's that's how it is in the P one two field, right? You're gonna get lapped by pros in cross because they're they have a different lifestyle. They're super talented. They but to be a two in the local realm, um, yeah, you you gotta you gotta trade all summer and be fast. Maybe maybe go bike camping, but ride hard, mm-hmm. right? Be be really active. Um, ride your bike 20 miles each way to work like the Trek guys do. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. You, you, you just got to put in the time to be really strong and then you have to be really efficient. And that and that's how you can hang at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, to win at that level, I mean, for, for somebody like me with an eight plus hour a week job and um, you know, I kind of have to be a monk for a few months to, to get myself onto that kind of a level and then I have to have a good race. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which means I'm efficient and focused, don't crash, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that's one of the cool things about cross is that there is so much of the mental yeah. aspect. I mean, there's like being dialed in at the start, but there's literally every corner. You make one mistake and you're done, especially yep. if you're riding at your limits yep. of where so you easy. maybe, if it's a guy that yep. if you have a perfect day you can yep. hang with and you botch a corner yep. or you fall or whatever. And that's um, and yep. 
you know, but it's also learning the skills of learning how to take those corners and not lose speed. And, you know, I, you, you just find that every corner you're like, I'm half a second behind that guy. Well, now you're four seconds behind him. You have to light one of your two matches you have. And yeah, lap four, you're in, but lap eight, they're gone. Yep. It's, Um, and that's race experience, a little bit of mountain biking, a lot of focused physical development on the road and um, the drive while you're racing to just go, 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 focus on every corner, hit every line, don't put a pedal wrong. When it all adds up, it's really great. It's really fun, but man, is it hard. And, yeah. <laughs> and it, but, but that's what it takes. It takes all those, all those aspects. Yeah. So, so uh, just a, a coach. Last one, we'll go to, you know, do you need a coach? When should you get a coach? So Can you be successful without a coach? So plug for my coach, Boynton, Boynton Coaching. Yeah. Um, I've been with Boynton, I've been with, we've been with Jason for, God, seven years, something like that. Long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been nothing but good. And I think there are a lot of good coaches out there. Um, I, I really appreciate my relationship with my coach. He's very scientific. He's very analytical, very skeptical of dogma. Um, which is great, and I, so am I. Um, and I guess my point there is you need to find a coach that fits your personality. Um, and for me, I couldn't manage day-to-day life and make good decisions and feel good about the decisions I was making. And when it got to the point where I couldn't, um, I couldn't feel good about the decisions I was making day-to-day about my training... I knew that to manage my own anxiety and my own stress and my own training effectively, I was going to need some help. And when I hired somebody, not only did I feel mentally better, um, I felt physically better because I was resting right. I wasn't getting overuse injuries. I was training harder than I ever had before, right? And it all just started to click. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that supervisor, that that extra pair of eyes on what you're doing, and and the person that's kind of just brutally honest with you about where you're at and how like well to be honest dude you just gotta chill out right yeah it's hard to be it's hard to be that honest with yourself and it's it's really hard to be that brutal with yourself sometimes and it's really valuable to have that that extra pair of eyes yeah so so I I recommend it to anybody that's struggling with their training plan and their training program um and and yeah it can be really helpful if you want to excel if you want to move up yeah it seems like uh you know the way I look at it I do not yet have a coach but it seems like especially if i when i do get a job if i get a job when i do get a job, <laughs> get a job. when you're trying to balance life responsibilities and i, I guess we're talking about yep. maximizing your efficiency yep. and it seems like yep. that might be a good time yep. that especially if you are a father or a mother yep. if you are working a stressful job or something right. like they're gonna help make sure that you maximize well a good coach yep should help you maximize yep your time on the bike yep. correct yep and that's um yeah, and I, I, I can't speak to how other people work with coaches, but the, 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 what I really appreciate about it is I, I write down what I want to do mm-hmm. and what I can do, um, and then my coach tells me how to maximize my time within that plan, right? So I can say, I want to do something fun that day. I want to do, I'm going to be ready to roll that day, but I don't know what intervals I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have time to ride a long ride on Sunday. Yep. And then my coach comes in over the top and lays in the details and makes it as good as it can be given what I have available in, in life, right? Yeah. And that, that's just really, really important that you, you have somebody that can work with you on that level um, when you really want to push it. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, Jason Boyton. I believe he's yep. in Australia right now, but he, he is, is looking for new clients. He's I looking know. for new clients, yep. He's, he's open. He's, he, yeah, he's working on a PhD in Perth. Someone who's a little less of an expat and hopefully actually is a fan of the podcast. I know he actually listens and hoping to have him on. But Joe Maloney uh, was, I mean, talk about dudes who can ride cyclocross. Yeah. That dude is talented. Uh, But he's out in Washington right now. And I know he does. He coaches Caleb Swartz and uh, a few other other cyclists. So he'd be one to look up. Um, Cyclocross coaches... Cyclocross specific coaches are kind of few and far between, but they they exist. Yeah, Joe I know does, uh, does cyclocross kind of specific. specific so stuff, yeah, um, haven't worked with him, but yeah, I know he's a fan, and yeah. he'd be worth a, another one worth checking out if you are interested in someone yeah. who knows the the rigors and the ins and outs of training for cross. I will stress though, um, 
you need to find a, if you're serious about finding a coach, you need to find somebody who um, understands where you're coming from and how, what makes you tick. Mm-hmm. And um, that's going to be different for everybody. And, and you just gotta, you, you, you don't be afraid to work with somebody for a month or two and then say, ah, dude, this isn't, I'm not into the way you are working. Mm-hmm. Right. And if it's not right, don't, don't make it a problem. So, yeah. Well, and that's the other one. If you are new and you do need that structure, yeah. I've heard that's the other way that a coach really can provide help is if provide it, but also to provide that accountability. Yep. And I think, I know you and I, we we're internally motivated um, you know, we don't necessarily need that motivated. aspect of it, but I've heard from a lot of people who need that. Yeah. I need someone telling me what I'm going to do. And if I don't put this on Strava or tell them that I did this, I'm going to feel like I didn't do my job or whatever. Yep. I don't need that personally, but you yep. know, I'm internally motivated, that, I think yeah. in that regard, but that's the other aspect. There's certainly, yeah, no, I've, I've met a number of people that are, that are, um, without an external driver, um, prescribing a plan, they're not going to execute their own plan they're not gonna they're not gonna be driven to do productive things yeah and that yeah that can be that can be really helpful for some people well cool so uh, we covered kind of the different levels uh, if you're at the elite level uh, just try to be isaac neff i don't know yep. i'm always kind of hoping every time his mobile bike service shows up that i'll get some of his talent uh, hasn't happened yet <laughs> i've asked him how much i have to pay isaac for his talent and it doesn't happen uh so yeah, yeah. Uh, this was good. Uh, any other closing thoughts on training? Anything we forgot? Oh, ride your bike. Have fun. Don't stress out about it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Come on, race your bike. I like it. Yeah. Put on, strap on a number or yeah. pin on a number. Pin, pin, pin up, on a number. Pin up, toe the line. Um, that's, yeah. Uh, we do this to race. And and if, you, if, you're, if you're honest with yourself you're going to pin on a number and, and go all out and it's really good. It's really fun. Uh, it's really hard, but it's really good. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess I can attest to that. I think it's taken me a while to get there, but I think one thing I've noticed by doing all this training is being good in a lot of ways, being good is more fun. Like it is really fun to race your bike. Like I had a really yesterday at, at the wars race, I was yep. with two other guys and we were trading poles and talking to each other and working together. I was you know, much less adept at the, the bike handling, but it was fun as hell. It was so much fun. It was like, can I drop these guys? Like, let's try to get away from everyone else. Like, it was just such a fun experience. And I, it, it pays off. All the work, I think, pays off. And yeah. you can probably attest to this. It's almost more, the harder it is, the more rewarding it is when you get past it, which there's some, there's some sickness there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that's, you know, the getting... Maybe the, the last thing that I'll, that I'll mention is coming back to this idea of mindfulness in sport. Um, having patience and so setting goals, setting out a plan for how to get there, understanding where you are along that path and having patience with yourself and trusting your own process and, and not being overly frustrated. You know, get frustrated, get pissed. Um, but don't lose faith in yourself, right? Have patience for yourself to, to work through this stuff. When you get to that, the end of that goal, when you make the, the goal, I mean, set realistic goals, don't go crazy. When you, <laughs> when you get to that goal, God, it's great. It is so fun. And, and, it, and it's looking back, you know, I was a five. I was so happy to be a four. I was never going to be a two. I was never going to win a P1-2 race. As a three, it was the same thing. This is great. I can't believe how fast I am. This is so much fun. Can't believe how much I overcame. And now here we are. I'm like, I'm at the peak of my abilities. This is fun. I don't know where this goes. And just enjoy it in the moment, right? Have some patience for yourself. Enjoy it. Enjoy the trip. And um, you know, throw down. It's, yeah. it's just really fun. I like that. So. It works for me <laughs> is enjoy the journey. And I live in the moment, though. Yeah. You know, I think yep. if you do make that cat four podium, like, God, that's great celebrate that that's shit like ever yeah, yeah. yeah. you know who gives a if yeah. your friend is Dave yeah. Blodgett and he's always on the top step and that stuff but yeah I'll celebrate be, it I'll be cheering so, for you I, well you should <laughs> I think no it's god I remember I made my first podium it was at Sun Prairie I finished third I was just like I came across the line and I did a fist bump and I was so yeah. freaking excited yeah. and you know, I think from an outsider, I look back and, you know, like, or you know, we might look at that and be like, why is that dude excited? You know, it's about celebrating those moments, yep. pushing yourself and 
you know, celebrating what you achieve, I think, is really important yep. uh, to continue the, the journey yep. to see where it goes. Like, there's it's no reason, that, there's no reason to train if you're not going to have some excitement yeah. from that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, this is great. Better uh, than I could have hoped for. I knew yeah. you would have a font of knowledge. It's it's like we're driving to Jingle Cross. We're like two-thirds of the way there. So. Hopefully everybody <laughs> made it through this ramble. Well, I think we might cut it into two podcasts. I okay. think we might do a two, right. two-parter. So this okay. will be the end of part two. But thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for the beer. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you out uh, when hashtag cross is coming. Yeah. We'll see everybody. <laughs> All right. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. That was good, man. That was long, but that's cool. Oh, that's all right. Good.